Ready to go. Let's go, man. Let's get this game started, bro. Get the game started. Go to whistle. Show the world. Let's go to that. What is up, everybody? Welcome back for another episode of The Cut. I'm your host, Christian Williams, and I am here with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, dude? I'm good. Uh, glad to be back. Got an ultra busy week, but glad I got plenty of time to do this today. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a crazy week for me as well. Uh, at my work, it's the first day of swim lessons. I forgot. I walked into an absolute shit show this morning, so uh, <laughs> glad to be talking football for sure. And it's been like... It feels like it's been a year. It's been like two weeks since we were last recording a podcast, but it feels like so long. Do you agree with that? 100%. I, I literally had to triple check all last week that we were on the right week. It felt like a whole month. I know. I know. But I'm excited. Um, so before we get into our ADP buy or sell and our Dynasty quarterback rankings, uh, we do have some housekeeping notes. As always, um, please follow us. All the places at the cut FFB, Facebook, Instagram. I don't I don't give a shit if you follow us on Instagram. Uh, and then Twitter, of course, at the cut FFB, like I said. Um, content is coming. I'm I'm gonna be working on a Carson Strong article here. I'm definitely gonna be doing some more fantasy related things here in the near future. Uh, Randy, are you working on anything other than our rankings right now? No. Uh, well, just making all the Show docs while I can keep it going, make sure we're all good, and then I'll start something else. Just got to finish yeah. all that first. Yes. Uh, so, those of you who are joining us, um, you'll notice this is our first live show uh, where we're actually recording a podcast. We were doing the uh, what's up, Jeff? Um, we we're doing oh, hi, Bob. I'm sorry, I missed yours. Uh, <laughs> uh, we were doing the uh, Friday fix episodes, but those weren't for the podcast. Uh, so we are planning to be live from here on out. It's kind of like a test run. Uh, if it doesn't really work out for us, we'll probably go back to audio only. But I did put out a poll and people said that they like video content. I don't know why I have a face for radio. Randy also does. So yeah. uh, no offense, Randy. Uh, we're <laughs> ugly, okay? <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so we're going to try this live thing and, and go from there. Uh, regarding the rest of our shows, though, so what we're going to be talking about, um, lots of things. So we're going to be going through our dynasty rankings here in the very near future. Uh, we also have a divisional breakdown um, type of, I, I don't know what the series is going to be called yet, but we're going to be going through division by division, kind of talking through those teams, fantasy relevant questions, uh, just some other things. Um, and then probably given some prediction, way too early prediction, stuff like that. Uh, but it's not just going to be all fantasy. We'll get into some some scheme fits, some you know defensive stuff. Randy, are you excited for those? Oh yeah, it's it's the perfect blend. We're coming from the draft where it was all about real football. 
less about fantasy. Now we're trying to mix them both while we get back into the grind of fantasy as it gets closer to the season. Yeah, yeah for sure. And then uh, as we get through those, there's going to be some 2022 NFL draft content. I think we'll get started on that a little earlier this year. Hopefully do a, a preview of some sort at some point this summer. Uh, I'll be pumping out those articles, though, because I'm I'm already 65 evals in preseason evals. So uh, I'm going to start working on some some content for that. And then we'll also be doing some some fantasy mock drafts. Um, I know everyone's doing mock drafts right now. There are a lot of dynasty startups happening right now, uh, but we will be doing them throughout the summer intermittently, stuff like that. Randy, is there anything you want to add to this section? No, let's get going. Good stuff. So we're going to jump right into our ADP buy or sell. Now, these ADPs come from a a variety of different places. Um, It's looking like we mainly pulled from fantasy data, 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 mixed them. Fuck, it's been way too long. Um, And then uh, it's crazy because I have a show on Tuesdays, too. It's not like I haven't fucking talked. and then we also pulled from Sleeper. So uh, lots of varying ADPs. I know Sleeper's ADP is sometimes questionable, but they did put out an update recently saying that they, they updated the ADP. So I thought it, it's pretty pretty trustworthy, I would say. Would you agree, Randy? Yeah. I mean, most people have switched to Sleeper at this point. Uh, a yeah. lot of starts are happening, a lot of rookie drafts, obviously. So the ADP is getting a little bit closer. As long as they keep updating it, it's going to be better. That was the problem last summer. So they just didn't update it after like May. And well, they're all like, well, why is Juju still? Why does she have like 100? What's going on? Yeah. Ironically. Yeah, I forgot about that. And it was definitely Juju. Uh, it was Juju. That it was, was the, the biggest. The main problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so the first couple that we have are from Fantasy Data, uh, Startup Dynasty ADP, Jonathan Taylor. At the 104, is this super flex, Randy? Am I yeah. crazy? Okay, that's so. At the... it, it's what it said. <laughs> okay. That's so. These we have two from Fantasy Data, and they were like the most egregious to me. Yeah, and then we same. switched to Sleeper because Fantasy Data and uh, Fantasy Football Calculator and a couple other sources were giving like varying data. A couple of their dynasty rankings for startups didn't have like. Devonte Adams on it didn't make sense, so I stopped looking at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't. I used to go to fantasy data for a lot of things. Now I try to traditionally like look at fantasy pros. I know some people really uh, go by DLF. Shout out fantasy pros. Uh, I should shout out my other employer. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, so the first one, Jonathan Taylor, one oh four in Superflex Leagues, RB3. How do you feel about this, Randy? Do you think that's too high, too low? Because, I, I mean, some people I, have him at RB1. I get it. It's also just not what I like to do. It's a guy that was dead to fantasy Twitter about week 10. Last year, came on strong against some weak competition. Uh, down the stretch and people are giving that excuse for guys like David Montgomery saying he shouldn't be that high, but we're not doing it for Jonathan Taylor. It needs to be counterbalanced. He had a weak schedule and he played incredible against it. Now he has to contend with Naeem Hines yet again and Marlon Mack who came back and they are going to use him. They they like Mack. 
it's going to save Taylor a bit, but if you get some usage down and you get some bad matchups, it's, I, I just don't think you're going to get a return on investment at that high. I get it's a dynasty startup. You go with a young guy, but would you rather take him at one of four or Nick Chubb at the turn of the second round? I'd rather Chubb. I think exactly. I, that that's my point. I think it's kind of the same yeah. usage is what I'm expecting. And obviously Chubb kills it every year. <laughs> it's not a it's not saying Jonathan Taylor won't be an RB one. He probably will be. I'm just saying it might be slightly rich for my blood. <laughs> yeah. And and I know I don't think we'll talk about Nick Chubb here tonight, but just a, a sidebar about him. I know people get worried about Kareem Hunt there, but then if you're worried about Kareem Hunt, why are you not worried about Naheem Hines, who actually finished like right around where Kareem Hunt did last year? And people talk about, well, his usage wasn't the same when Jonathan Taylor came on at the end of the year. It wasn't, but that's because it was uh, against defenses that they could run all over. So Naheem Hines didn't need to be out there. Uh, yeah. So in I, games I, that they were down... Naeem Hines is still going to be out there, in my opinion. I believe the toughest on-paper defense Taylor faced on the stretch would be the Steelers, but at that point, it was the Steelers without Bud Dupree, without uh, their middle linebackers, like without a couple guys. It's a little bit decrepit for what they were at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah, and and I'll be quite frank. We'll go over our dynasty running back rankings, but I do not have Jonathan Taylor uh, at three. I have him a little lower, so I think yeah. that's rich. And I get going to get your guy, and some, like I said, some people have him at RB1, and good for you. You're wrong, but good for you. Um, I like your process, but I don't like the result. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we'll move on to the next one. T. Higgins. Uh, the, this might be outdated too. This might be pre NFL draft. I hope it it's uh, it said updated May like twentieth on fantasy data or something like that. That's uh, and that's it's it's a little bit better on sleeper ADP, uh, but it's still relatively high for this guy. Okay, okay. So T Higgins twentieth overall, uh, gross, and then wide receiver seven might be grosser. That might be worse. Uh, Randy, how do you feel about this? Where well, that, I give a little preview. Do you remember where you have him ranked? Uh, nowhere near that. Uh, <laughs> it's there. definitely like 30s. And there's no disrespect, yeah. but like Jamar Chase is better than him. By a lot. By a lot. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it, 30 maybe on the nose. It's somewhere right around there. It, yeah. It's just, it's an egregious number for Higgins and I do think that uh sleepers ADP was slightly more helpful but it's still ultra high for him I think in sleeper Jamar Chase is slightly ahead of him but he's still so it's close so in sleeper ADP he's wide receiver 23 at 65 okay that makes some sense to me <laughs> but yeah. it's still slightly high for me uh it's just it's a guy that's automatically wide receiver two on his team, if not wide receiver three at times with Tyler Boyd being ultra effective. I'm just fading T Higgins. It's not yeah, a knock on him at all. It's just. I, so here's the thing with T Higgins. I didn't like him pre-draft. I thought he was overrated. I thought he was overdrafted though. Him falling to the second round was reasonable. Like when he was getting mocked in the first round, that's when I really didn't like him. 
but we know how I felt about T. I didn't think he did much special. He came out, he proved me a little bit wrong there in his rookie year, which good for him. But now he's back to being what he's good at, which is a secondary option. And at times, like you said, a tertiary option. He's going to be the third target at times, maybe even fourth, because, spoiler alert, guys, Joe Burrow still doesn't have a great offense line. Like, they drafted a shitty offensive tackle that they're moving into guard, and he's probably going to be a better guard than he was a tackle, but he probably still isn't going to be good because he has slow feet and he's not very strong and blah, 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 blah. Um, So Joe Burrow still doesn't have an offensive line, which means the dump downs to Joe Mixon, and yes, it's going to be Joe Mixon, which we will talk about him shortly, uh, because Gio Bernard is gone and they really didn't fill that role. Those are going to be more, yeah, those are going to be more prevalent. It's going to, I still think that Boyd and, and Mixon are getting the bump here with Jamar Chase there. And I don't, T Higgins is not going to keep up what he did. And I know that AJ Green had a hundred targets last year and Jamar Chase probably steps right into a hundred targets and T Higgins was still productive. Uh, But you know, it, if the Bengals do perceive that they do have a better offensive line, which they probably do, they probably like Jackson Carmen or they wouldn't have drafted him. Uh, then they're going to run the ball more and you're not going to see, you know, 700 pass attempts in the new 17 game season. So I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's, let's zip through some of these sleeper ones. Which one do you want, want to talk about first? Uh, I say we just go through the receivers first. Sounds good. All right, so first on the list, DeAndre Hopkins, overall, uh, 21st overall pick, wide receiver seven off the board. I want to lead off with, I think that's pretty good value. I know DeAndre Hopkins is an older guy, but I just want to reference my one tweet. Uh, I quote tweeted Anthony Amico, who said that ranking uh, Travis Kelsey as your tight end one is crazy when he's going into his age 32 season. I'm playing dynasty for two to three years. I'm trying to win every year. You treat it like redraft. You try to win. That's that's my mentality. Some people might be different. DeAndre Hopkins went out and he proved me wrong last year. And so I think this is good value for him. What say you? Yeah, I, um, I think it's definitely like, well, I think it's almost perfect. I believe we both have him around this uh, wide receiver ranking when they're going to come out on a couple shows. Um, but it's I think he might it's just one of the it's one of those things where I, I wish he was still got a little bit higher because he's still an ultra superior talent. He's the dominant wide receiver one of his team. Obviously if they trade for Julio, which is probably not gonna happen, but if they somehow do, his targets are gonna go down, rightfully fucking so. <laughs> but right. I think this is still a buy for me. I I he's just so goddamn good. He's not old. He's done it with every quarterback, good or bad. He's got a good one. An offense that got another weapon in Rondell Moore, so it should be even better. I'm expecting a, another two to three years of big things from DeAndre Hopkins, and probably probably further than that, honestly. I'm more of the two to three years, but we know how I felt about him last year. And and I do I I think Rondell does take some of like his I wouldn't say he takes his targets away. I think he takes some of the targets. I also think that Cliff Kingsbury's done after this year. Uh, we've talked about this. We talked about it on the Friday fix. If they don't make the playoffs, he's got to be, and Kime has to go too. And so then what happens? Yeah, you're still going to get an air raid system there, right? I mean, 
you kind of have to with Kyler and that receiving core. Right? Yeah, right? but you also might incorporate more of a 50-50 split where it's not really... I know Kenny and Drake ended up like top 10 in attempts by the end of the season, uh, but obviously there was a couple of games where Kyler couldn't run the ball, so his numbers were a little bit inflated. Um, right. Uh, it's it's just the air raid system. It's going to work with these guys. It just has to. I don't see how yeah. it doesn't. And they improved the line slightly, so I'm pretty excited for that offense just entirely. Boy, I can't wait to watch Kyler slide down so he's avoiding his sacks uh, all the time still. Uh, all wow. right, next next guy. We, we mentioned Julio Jones. We're not going to talk about him, but we're going to talk about one of the potential destinations for Julio Stop. in the Cleveland Browns with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, he's being drafted at 75th overall, wide receiver 29. I think that's harsh, personally. Uh, I I think, you know, we're a few years removed, and I know it's been a few. It's been quite a while since Odell Beckham was a wide receiver one. I understand that. Um, I also think that him and Baker haven't connected well. I think they will. I You know, call me crazy, but I think Odell Beckham is too good to fail in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield, who is also very good. I haven't ranked higher than this. Again, I don't want to spoil our whole wide receiver show here, but uh, you think that that's a little too low for Odell too, right? 100%. This is an immediate buy for me. He's a guy that's going to be a wide receiver too for your team, most likely. Uh, And by most likely, I mean, I think he's going to have wide receiver one weeks. He hasn't really been given a, a full shot with Baker. I think Odell can truly with a whole preseason under their belts. I think he can truly unlock the next level of this Browns offense. I've already talked about that before. I, I think he just puts Baker in the upper echelon, puts him on that QB one train that we were hoping for last year. And we saw different stretches. He's going to be very, very good. And if you can get him for wide receiver three price, and he's going to be a wide receiver two for you. You got to take that every day of the week. Dude, maybe one. And we've talked about this. We'll talk about it on the wide receiver show. I'm positive of it. But I think if Odell was in the Jarvis role, it's over for fantasy. I think that is like top five wide receiver worthy. Uh, If Jarvis can get a thousand yards in that offense, imagine what Odell could do with all that yak opportunity. I I do think, I mean, we're going to figure it out this year. I think he plays the full year. I think the offseason helps everyone, and we'll see how it goes. But I, I think there's going to be a lot of people ultra-happy that they have Odell on their team. Yeah, for sure. I made a trade for him last year, and I'm I'm holding out hope. Uh, it's my only share, but I'm excited for it. I don't have any uh, shares, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I have one if you want it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not selling. Um, okay, next wide receiver. And we, we probably won't go over all of these guys, but uh, I do want to touch on Corey Davis. We're going to skip Cooper Cup here. Sorry, we'll talk about him in the wide receiver episode. Uh, Corey Davis, overall, uh, 110th overall pick, wide receiver 46. Um, I guess, do you think Corey Davis is the wide receiver one for the Jets? I kind of do. <laughs> so do I. I, I really... I understand that they, they have Elijah Moore, but that's a little bit muddy in that water with James Crowder still around and 
I just I just think he's signed there to be the wide receiver one. He's going to work on the outside. I think he's going to have a media connection with Zach Wilson, and they're going to kill it. I mean, this isn't like egregious where he's landing for my rankings, but after I saw it, I I quickly was like, shit. I know the wide receiver rooms are stacked, yeah. and it's very hard to rank these wide receivers because of that, but I think he's going to be a guy that I try and get on my teams and any startups I do uh, because I am always been a heavy advocate. Everyone that's played with me knows this of getting like seven running backs first and figuring everything else out later. I know it's, I'm definitely not doing that exactly, but I definitely lean on back-to-back running backs, even three straight running back picks and a lot of leagues. And if you're telling me I can then turn around and get Odell, Cooper Cup, and Corey Davis, two of the three, as my wife, she were one and two. I mean, that's that's enticing me to be reckless even more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't I don't even hate it, dude. I'm I'm kind of with you where, you know, I think Zach Wilson needs a guy like Corey Davis more than he needs a guy like, you know, Jameson Crowder, I guess, or Elijah Moore, whoever ends up winning that job. Um so I, yeah, I, I mean, like you said, he's close to that in my rankings, but I, I still think Corey Davis is the one. He's one of the more res- disrespected guys, and you were part of that last year. Um, yeah, not, I was. not disrespecting, but to the point where, like, I think we forget that Corey Davis had a wide receiver two season, like his second year, and then obviously he got worse. But he, with the the growth of AJ Brown. He was able to truly become what he is. He, and I, I think he's going to get that on the Jets with the litany of passing options there already. I don't think you could just key in on Corey Davis. And honestly, I don't know why you would as a defense. Like, I don't know why you'd only take away Corey Davis when you, I, I'm just, it's not, he's not, he's right. not DeAndre Hopkins. You don't take, you don't try and take away Hopkins. Uh, Corey Davis, you try to take away Hopkins. There's a clear, Pecking right. order of that kind of thing, and with the Jets' offense, I think they're just going to send pressure because they—it's a rookie. That's going to happen a lot. So there will be dump downs, and maybe he gets used less in some games than he does others. But there's definitely wide receiver one upside in certain weeks with Corey Davis. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on to a, a, a few running backs here. First one is Clyde Edwards-Helaire, overall forty-one, RB fourteen. Um, this is coming off of what I would say was a disappointing end to his season or, you know, most of his season. He was drafted as the rookie RB1 over Jonathan Taylor in spots. Uh, people got enamored with the landing spot. And this is just a quick reminder that uh, talent over opportunity. I, I think that's a good time to plug that. But at RB14, you're still looking at like RB1 week upside. Randy, how do you feel about Clyde Edwards-Alaire in that spot? He is on that... I think it's right where he should be. He's on that fringe of being RB1 for the next two or three years. I'd say three years, because... Yeah, three years, because they probably wouldn't pick up his option. We'll see how that goes. But it's the only reason I have that he's falling slightly under like RB1 territory is because he has like two guys, three guys that are fighting for competition. We don't know exactly how the pecking order is going to work out. We know he's going to be at the top, but is it going to be like 40%, 30%, 40%, 40%, 40%, 40%, 40%, 40%, 40%, 40%, 40%, 40%, 40%, 40%, 40%, 40%, 40%, 40%,
25%, 20%, five, you know, like, is it going to be a four-way timeshare? Is it just going to be two? And he's just working that with him. Is he getting the majority of the dump downs? Because Mahomes does dump down a good amount. It's nowhere near like Ben Roethlisberger or Phil Rivers, but he still could be efficient in that regard. And to be an RB1, you really need to be a pass-catching back and get some good work on the ground, unless you're Derrick Henry, you just gets the most carries you could ever think of. That's the only way you can only do one of the two and be an RB1. So I think this is a buy still for me. And if you want to, like, if, if you're one of the people that has to draft a QB first round in a super flex startup, this is a good sign because you're able to wait to late round three uh, round four, actually, sorry, and get Clyde Edwards-Alaire and a couple other guys that we're going to talk about here and be pretty set at running back still. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. The only part that I would question is I know he's a capable pass catcher, but Mahomes is such a capable passer that he never really has to dump down. Uh, he's always keeping his eyes downfield, so that worries me a little bit. I think they scheme it up a little bit for him this year. Yeah, that... Um, that's what I'm thinking. I think he's going to get like 65% of the work and he's going to be on the fringe every single week and he's going to be the RB1 a couple weeks and it's going to carry him. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have uh, the ever uh, divisive Miles Sanders, overall 36, RB12 off the board. Um, I'll just be upfront. This is a sell for me, and I don't like it because Miles Sanders was my RB1 in that class. I had him over Josh Jacobs. Um, but everything that the Eagles have done has indicated to me that they want to put as many bodies in that running back room as they can, and they're going to just – I think it's going to be more of a hot hand situation. Now, don't get me wrong. Miles Sanders with Jalen Hurts was very, very good towards the end of the season, uh, and that's who their quarterback is. So my, I guess my ranking of him, it's a sell for me because that's his absolute ceiling, in my opinion, at this point, with how many bodies they've put in that room. Yeah, so there's a lot of intrigue over Sanders because of Peterson being gone. Many people attribute his struggles last year to just being Peterson. And people that also pair that with the offensive line injuries are correct. They get all those people back in their line, got better. Obviously, they got Landon Dickerson to be guard or yeah, guard for them. So they should be relatively really good and healthy on the offensive line and have a running quarterback, which usually equates to the running back losing a couple touches, but having bigger holes uh, because you have to worry about the quarterback. There's not as much crashing going on. So I think he's going to still be really good. But the thing he's close to here for me. I still think it's kind of a sell only for the fact that, like you said, they are adding so many bodies to the room. It's probably going to end up being a roster of him, Kenny Gainwell, and um, Kerryon Johnson after we get some cuts here. And then I think that's where they're going to, I think that's going to be their stable. And that's yeah. bad because you have three really capable backs. Obviously, Sanders is the best of the group, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I still think he gets plenty of work every week. He has been injured here and there. It's just when you have that kind of bodies in the room situation, you might be able to trade him and get a guy a little bit down the list, maybe like Eckler. 
and like a third round pick back or something. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where you might be able to maneuver him to get a better situation. Yeah. And we also have to remember, I mean, that's that's a good room right there, but I think they they brought in Jordan Howard again. And I, I know it's a different coaching staff at this point, but it's not a different GM. So I I don't know. I it's it's kind of scary business there with Miles Sanders, but I like you said, still the most talented. You still bet on talent. It's just I don't want to bet on it if that's the ceiling, in my opinion. You know? Yeah. Um it's one of the more accurate Ray Keats, but that's I just I figured he with a lot of the excitement going around, I figured he needed to be talked about. <laughs> For sure. Uh next up, Joe Mixon, overall fifty six, RB nineteen. Uh that's egregious to me. Um Honestly, and I was just add in Eckler as well, right next to him, yeah. overall fifty eight, RB twenty. I think both of these are almost egregious. Uh yes. Mixon definitely more because he's definitely in more of a workhouse. Workhorse, not house roll. Uh, and with Bernard gone, who was the only guy effectively taking any touches from him, him being healthy, people are rocking on Nixon because he didn't get shut down like Barkley, like McCaffrey. We kept getting the teases. People are pissed off about Nixon. Get him at the fucking discount. He is not RB19. He's an RB1. He is. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the best workhorse that you'll get in that area. And, and you can make the argument too with with Eckler that like because of what that offense should look like uh, this year, which I guess we don't really know what it's going to look like. Um, but Austin Eckler is close to a, a workhorse. I, they didn't really add much to that backfield. I think they drafted what Larry Roundtree. They I mean, they have not. two better guys in the system right now than Roundtree, so yeah. I don't really count him. Right. He gets he got the job done with Melvin Gordon. He is the clear lead back. He just needs a, a guy or two that's gonna take away uh like thirty percent of snaps so he can get a rest so he doesn't get hurt. I mean that's what we're looking at here. Eckler's gonna kill it, Mixon's gonna kill it. These guys are severely underrated. And I am oh my god, am I targeting them everywhere? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, th- this right here makes me want to get into a startup right now and just We've go been talking about it, so <laughs> I know. Uh yeah, we're trying to figure out what kind of startup. Um and the last thing I want to say about Eckler, I know there was uh I think Michelle Madzuk, uh Ball Blast at Ball Blast them. Um she put out there that Austin Eckler could finish top five. That's not outlandish. Like <laughs> I won't rank him there for dynasty because I don't know how sustainable it is, but he could absolutely be a top five running back in 2021, in my opinion. So yeah, it's possible. It's very, very possible. There, there's like a consideration of who's going to be top three, and then past that, I'm kind of just yeah. up in the air about who's who's going to land four through like fourteen. You're right. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of top end talent, and part of that top end talent, kind of, uh, definitely a top end like handcuff slash still valuable. Slash flex. very flex. Yeah. Yeah. Just straight up flex. Cream hunt overall 98 RB 26. Uh, this is a buy for me as well. Um, Cream hunt showed us last year that he can be the RB two for a team and still finish as a high, high RB two. I don't have his finish right in front of me. I know Nick Chubb was out for four weeks, four and a half weeks. Uh, but Kareem Hunt was also out for one or two of those weeks, and Dearness Johnson uh, uh, was 
the man. Um, but so Kareem, Kareem, Hunt. Kareem Hunt last year actually finished higher than his last year in Kansas City. He finished 10. Yeah, absurd. Uh, <laughs> this this Browns offense, and I'm sure we'll get to talk about that when we do our divisional breakdowns. This Browns offense should put up just like a million points, a million points a game. It, it's it's loaded. They have speed all over now with Odell coming back with shorts uh, coming in. And so then you're opening up more running holes for Chubb and Hunt, and they'll both get work. And so Kareem Hunt as an RB3, that's almost as egregious as Mixon and Eckler to me because I think his range of outcomes starts as an RB1, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he finished 10 last year, and I know he had four and a half games by himself, really. But even though I was going to say, even like the first, like, he was also injured to start Chubb's injury. So he didn't, he played like 40 to 50%. He still was RB10. He gets it done through the air. They're a lethal team. He's a huge part of it. He is going to finish ahead of RB26, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I agree. And then we'll skip the last running back. We'll talk about him on our next show. Uh, it's Miles Gaskin. I don't want to talk about him. Shout out Jared Dokes. Um, okay, so let's move on to a few few other positions. A couple quarterbacks here. Uh, Ryan Tannehill going overall 59, quarterback 17. Uh, and then Derek Carr overall 97, quarterback 26. Both of these uh, major, major buys for me of these players at those prices that's absurd for Tannehill I understand being a little nervous because Arthur Smith is gone uh but I don't think that's why he's being drafted there I think it's just he's criminally underrated constantly yeah and he has QB1 potential he's secure in his position too he's not going anywhere so you can be locked into him for the next three years as a basically borderline QB1 Every season and every week, for sure, uh, we we have him ranked a good amount higher than 17 for obvious reasons. He's very, very good. This is a good offense. Yes, they lost Corey Davis. Yes, they lost Johnny Smith. I still think that they're pretty lethal on offense. And Tannehill's a huge part of that. And he runs the ball, which people forget about Tannehill for some reason. He's a good running quarterback. He doesn't do it often, but he gets the job done when he needs to. He's going to finish higher. Derek Carr, I understand why he's a little bit lower for people because they're nervous about the situation. You have two stud running backs now. They don't know what's going on with the front office with Gruden, with Carr for the future. Um, So in a three-year window, I get why he's slightly lower. But I think for this year and most likely next year, he's a Raider and he is going to absolutely kill it. <laughs> and he's going to be higher than quarterback 26 because he he has been the quiet assassin for a while, uh, and he's going to keep that going. And he gets a healthy wide receiver room. He gets John Brown added in to replace Nelson fucking Aguilar, who was his <laughs> second best receiver behind Waller. Ruggs is going to be good again. He's going to be better this year. I think Edwards will actually be a presence at some point. And third and run for is obviously going to murder third downs every game. So he is going to be lethal. And with this, and with the line being kind of retooled, maybe that spells to the running backs not being as vital part of the offense and they go on more 50 50 than 60 40. 
And that's just more points for Carr. Yeah. Yeah, and at some point last year, I looked at Derek Carr's ranking, saw he was like QB 14, and I said, what the fuck? Um, and yeah. so that's in his range of outcomes, like you said, for the next two years. So I'm in on Carr. Um, these are definitely quarterbacks that I wish I would have gotten in my last startup, but instead I have Drew Locke, which we'll talk about here shortly. <laughs> uh, so uh, for tight ends, uh, just very quickly, because we're running out of time on this segment. Um, uh, George Kittle is the tight end one off the board right now, uh, which 31 overall. So he's, you know, back end two uh, or early third. No, it's third. <laughs> well, 30, if you have a 12 team league, dude. That's 24. <laughs> it's middle of the third. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Or early third. That's what I meant. Fuck it. I don't care. You're I'm good. tired. Uh, but so, which that doesn't sound bad, right? Until like you realize Travis Kelsey is going behind him for. It's, I had a discourse about okay. Travis Kelsey. The, the reason it's okay is because Kelsey's going 37 overall. So it's if it was 31 and 45, this would be a terrible ADP so far. That's a bad, you're, you're doing a bad job. They're very close together. That means they, are. they both should go in the third round or end of second. In my opinion, you have a conversation about the end of first because the pitch is no value. If it's tight and premium, they should probably go at the back end of the first or mid to early second. I'm okay with these ADPs. I think it should. I wish it was like 31, 32 because that's what it deservedly should be. Uh, but people are taking the aging consideration. But guess what? Kittle gets hurt. Kelsey doesn't. So, <laughs> so, so I know you don't. You have these flipped. So you, you, well, you agree with this ADP, right? Like Kittle first. He's your. Uh, uh, don't put words in my mouth. Let me. <laughs> I think he is. Uh, he is for me, and it's it's because I think a full when we get a. I think we get a full healthy season to Kittle this year. I think he outperforms Kelsey. Okay, that's fair. And it's, and it's by the the tidiest margin. <laughs> I, and if and know, if they're if you. they're the same, and he's what four or five years younger, six years younger, some in that range. I don't fucking remember. That's yeah. that's huge. Yeah. See, to me, uh, and we'll talk about it on the tight end episode. So I don't want to spoil that episode. Also, um, I also want to put out Trey Lance factors into that. If it was just yeah. Jimmy G and they picked at 12, I think it'd be Kelsey easy for me, but I love Trey Lance. So yeah, that's I do too. And we'll talk about him here shortly as well. Uh, the only other thing that I want to note about the tight end ADPs right now, major sell. I'm a, I'm a Kyle Pitts guy. I get it. I love Kyle Pitts. I would have drafted, I still will draft him 103 in Superflex Leagues. I will draft him before Trey Lance. I think it's a little crazy now, uh, now that he's in that situation, but I'd still do it because fuck it, I'm sticking to my guns. Uh, Kyle Pitts is going ahead of Darren Waller by like two whole rounds, um, or close to two whole rounds, depending. So that's absurd. Don't do that. I understand there's an age discrepancy, but, and and I guess, you know, if people knew that Julio wasn't going to be there and you knew that Kyle Pitts was going to get 150 fucking targets, uh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Darren Waller, 
you can make an argument that Darren Waller should be drafted ahead of Kittle, in my opinion. Like, I think that's where I'm at with Waller because we know he's the number one target for that team, and they didn't change that. And and if anything, like we talked about with Carr, they lost Aguilar. They lost their number one wide receiver, technically, which is gross to say. Um, so that's where, like, I, again, I love Kyle Pitts. I get that he's 20 years old or however the hell old he is, 21. I don't remember now. It's been a long couple of months, but I would draft Darren Waller ahead of him. So I am selling that ADP. Yeah, Darren Waller's hit count right now is like he's 24, 25, 26. Because he he basically wasn't drafted or was south route, whatever, and then he didn't play. He was a practice squad and he had drug issues. And then he just came on two years ago with the Raiders. That's yeah. that's his story. <laughs> so he really didn't start playing NFL football until two years ago. So yeah. he is he's got plenty in the tank. He just got a huge extension. He is going to be killing it for the Raiders. He is their building block, him and Josh Jacobs. And oh fuck. No. <laughs> I'm trying. Like, I wouldn't say car, but it's not car. So, rugs, maybe Abram. It's not great over there. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's not. It's really Uh, not that great. Final, it it shouldn't be that big a discrepancy, is what we're saying. If you do put pits ahead of him because you think Julio's gone, I can get behind it to an extent, but it should be like 60, 62, like we were saying with Kittle and Kelsey. It shouldn't be that big a discrepancy. And the last tight end I wanted to bring up was Irv Smith Jr., who we both have huge hopes for this year. He's going 117 overall in tight end 12. Um, it's not like that's egregious. It's still a tight end one. Uh, but with Rudolph gone, I think he is the wide receiver three in this offense. I think he thrives this year once he's got a full season now. I, I really expect big things from him. And I brought it up because. It, between 71 and 117, there is seven tight ends that go, or six tight ends that go after Waller's gone and before S- Smith. I think if you don't get one of the top four, I'm very comfortable waiting to 117 and getting over Smith, is my point. I love Noah yeah. Fant. I wish he was getting picked here like he was last year. I love all those other guys. I'd rather have Irv Smith than Hunter Henry or John Lou Smith. Uh, it's it's that whole conversation. Same with Evan Ingram. Irv Smith is criminally undervalued right now. He is going to be the steal, the next thrive. We called Janu and Fant, me and you, last year. I obviously won that bet, uh, but who's counting? Um, <laughs> and I think Irv isn't as big of a discrepancy this year getting to the tight end one, but I think he's the guy for me this year. I I... I can get behind it. I do love my boy, Zach Davidson. I think he's going to be a stud and he's going to be their tight end too. Uh, so he's yeah. going to be like, a, I think it'll be like a knockoff Rudolph, but that means that Irv Smith they're, does take that step. They're so going to run two tight end sets. I Davidson can do all right. There's no question that I just think Irv thrives. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he gets more touchdown uh, work. Yes. Um, because they, they love their receivers, and they love Rudolph, they so love, we'll see. They it. love Thielen and Rudolph in the red zone. I think Irv takes over the Rudolph, hopefully, and yeah. that's going to be huge for him. 
That 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 alone will be the difference between him being tight end 16, 18, and him being tight end six. Yeah. All right. Uh, it is time to get into our dynasty quarterback rankings. Now, shout out to our boy Adam, who helped put together these rankings as well. He is not with us, obviously, on this show. He might be in the comments. Adam, if you're here, please say hi. Uh, but let's get right into them. So we are going to go 50 down to one. Obviously, we're not going to talk extensively about everyone, uh, but let's just, I'm going to run you through 50 through 41. So Jamie Newman at 50, Tyrod Taylor at 49, Nick Foles at 48, Jacoby Brissett at 47, Nick Mullins at 46, Dwayne Haskins at 45, Taylor Heineke at 44, Gardner Minshew at 43, Kyle Trask at 42, and Kellen Mond at 41. We'll also include our 40th, which is Taysom Hill because that's pretty much the only guy that we're going to talk about here. Randy, other than Taysom, is there anything you want to say about any of these guys that really have no value whatsoever? Um, Kellen Montrask, Minshew, Heineke, Haskins, all are just guys that could get a shot down the road and could do well. We just, yeah. There's not a clear path necessarily, at least in the next two years. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Taysom Hill, the reason he's at 40, is because I'm an asshole. Um, and so I, I do want to put that out there. I have him ranked at 50, and I didn't even want to rank him there. I just couldn't find someone else that I wanted to put there. Taysom Hill, and I. this is funny because I tweeted about this today. Uh, Taysom Hill is not a quarterback to me, and he's not a good enough tight end to take snaps away from Adam Troutman and freaking Nick Vanette. I don't – is Nick Vanette on that team? I think he is. Um, so. Taysom Hill is going to get his Taysom Hill role. He's going to be the backup to Jameis Winston, in my opinion. And then he's done. Like his contract is voidable after this year. And so, what value does Taysom Hill have to your team? Other than I will admit that he's a flyer add to your team if you can get him late. Randy, I know we disagree a little bit here. Well, the main disagreement, I think, well, I mean, we both don't think if he was just a pure tight end, he's going to score enough to be like a top 30 quarterback. That's pretty clear. I have him ranked right. 30. I have Winston at 29. I have that distinction because I love Winston. I think he can thrive. Hopefully he's got all the cakes worked out, uh, but I'm not going to bet on that yet. And because of that, Winston, we've seen it before with Tampa. He could easily screw up enough that Taysom takes over for a few games or he takes over halfway through the year or something. So I have to keep that distinction so close. I hate it. Uh, but Taysom will always put up points no matter what. Jameis won't. If Jameis gets pulled, obviously he's not going to get any points. Taysom will always get points because he plays both. And he is a running quarterback more than actually being an actual quarterback. So yeah. uh, if if he's he's going to probably get at least two to three points a game, where uh, as a fucking backup quarterback tight end, rotational player, where Jameis right. has a chance to get no points half the year. That's my <laughs> only reason for him being that high. Also, it's just other guys that I just don't believe in, and I believe that they could lose their job or they could just suck. And it's also dynasty, so it Taysom has a path to have being a saint for the rest of his career, the next five, six years, where there's a couple older guys ahead of him on this list. So it's all fair. I just think that 
your he's points are your points your points are perfectly valid. He's not a good quarterback, but this is also fantasy. Yeah, yeah and, and yeah, we you always you, have you to could, remind me. Of that. You could be a shit quarterback and still be a decent fantasy quarterback because you run the ball. That's true. That's true. All right, uh, let's talk about thirty-nine through thirty. So at thirty-nine, we have Mitchell Trubisky, thirty-eight Davis Mills, thirty-seven Marcus Mariota. 36, Teddy Bridgewater, 35, Andy Dalton, 34, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 33, Ben Roethlisberger, 32, Jimmy Garoppolo, 31, Jordan Love, and then 30, Cam Newton. Um, first, I want to say Ben Roethlisberger obviously has value for 2021. In my opinion, he's going to be a, a top performer. He's going to be a QB2. The reason he's low in my rankings, and I think he might even be lower than our consensus or close to it, is because you get one year from him and that's it. I don't really want that. I mean, I have some shares. I'd love to get rid of them as soon as he blows up for 500 yards one day. Um, But that's the one thing I wanted to speak about there. Andy Dalton, backup quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Uh, As of today, I don't give a fuck what Matt Nagy says. Not much value. Randy, what else stands out about this group? Biggest thing with this group, lots of veterans, older guys on the last legs, as in Ben Roethlisberger, Fitzpatrick, and then you have questionable future guys, as in Cam Newton, who, again, should be good this year. Most likely will get all the starts. Should be a QB2 to QB1. Uh, But he sucked at times last year, and he could lose the job until this year, most likely will lose the job until this year. Uh, Jimmy G could lose the job midseason. Andy Dalton could lose the job preseason. Fitzpatrick, I don't know if he plays after this year. Big Ben should have played this year. Bridgewater <laughs> probably won't start, but has a future as a perennial backup. Mariota, same thing. Davis Mills could be a starting quarterback, but because he's on a team with a guy that's a god and Deshaun Watson and a little bit of a pervert, uh, he's list low. Obviously, if Deshaun's traded, he shoots up rankings. He just has to. <laughs> Yeah. What? <laughs> God, I, I tried to hold in that laugh and that couldn't. I got, I got you. Though. I got you. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, I think for me, Jordan Love has more value than this immediately if he starts. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's there's everyone of this group. The only guys that have a chance to shoot into a starting spot are Jordan Love and Davis Mills. If either do because of trades, they are top thirty. Easy. Got a question? Yeah. I don't know where they fall. Uh, but they're top 30, probably around that like 25, 26 range. But it's just how it is that you're, yeah. you're starting quarterback on good offenses, too. Yeah. Well, Davis Mills not, but it's such a bad team, he's gonna have to throw 50 times. So, yeah, <laughs> it's the uh Jared Goff effect, uh, exactly. which, which, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which we're uh going to be talking about in this next grouping so 29 through 20 29 drew lock 28 Jameis winston 27 daniel jones 26 mac jones 25 jared goff 24 matt ryan 23 tom brady 22 carson wentz 21 kirk cousins 20 zach wilson what stands out to you about this little chunk uh so it's the same thing uh as before some older guys uh or guys that are on the last legs of deals. So Kirk Cousins is a little bit of both. He's a little bit older and on last leg deals. Carson, obviously, on a hit or miss contract, on a hit or miss season. Brady played one or two more years, most likely. Uh, but 
he's old, so he can't be that high, even if he is going to be a QB2 with QB1 weeks. Matt Ryan, same thing. There was discussions of them getting rid of him this year. Uh, so I think that's pretty clear about what's going to happen. He's got his contract, and then he's probably done. And that's, what, yeah. two years? So he's got to be lower. Jared Goff, same thing. He's a young guy with question marks. And that's why Zach Wilson, we don't know how the situation for New York will work out. It hasn't worked out in the past. Hopefully it does for him. Uh, Jared Goff could be a one-year quarterback, could be two-year quarterback for the Dolphins, could be the next 10 years. We don't fucking know right now. Uh, I particularly think Jared Goff is pretty decent. I don't think he's anything great. I think he's a very serviceable quarterback. I think he's a perennial QB2 if he stays in the Lions. But they're a bad team with shit receivers. So uh, Daniel Jones could lose his job next year or the year after. Mac Jones won't play this year. He's a second-round talent. Yeah, uh, we'll see how. And it's the same thing situationally with New England. They they were the fifteenth best team or the the fifteenth worst team in the NFL uh, this last season. It was a terrible season for them. Hopefully they turned around. Uh, but Bill was old. Um, I don't know how the outlook looks for Mac if Bill's gone. There's, yeah. there's a lot of question marks in that future. Question marks for sure in Jameis. Question marks for sure in Locke. So a lot of old and then questions. <laughs> yeah. The one the one note I do want to make here uh, about this group, these are guys that I would target. Jared Goff, one of my trade targets. You know why? Because that regime, I do believe that they believe that Jared Goff is the answer at quarterback to them. Jared Goff has shown that he's... Uh, I mean, of course, it was part of the McVay scheme. I understand that he had a lot of things going well for him. But again, like you mentioned earlier, this is fantasy football, and that's a starting quarterback that I know is probably going to start for two to three years. Uh, same thing with like Tom Brady. Uh, I never thought I'd say this. I thought I was going to write him off. I'm ready to go get him because I think I have two years out of him, and I think he outperforms this ranking even uh, oh, for the next two years. So at least for this year, he is going to be he's going to finish anywhere from 16 to 10. Yeah, maybe slightly higher even. Yeah, I mean, they have so much potential to score a dick to points in that offense, too. Uh, yeah. Not so much for golf, but he's going to probably have to throw 50 times half the games. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah, at least 50. It's going to be crazy. Uh, all right, let's move on to our next group, which we're going to go 19 to 13 and then talk about our dynasty QB1s. 19, Derek Carr. 18, Matthew Stafford. 17, Jalen Hurd. 16, Aaron Rodgers. 15, Baker Mayfield. 14, Tua Tungavailoa. 13, Ryan Tannehill. Um, and so we, we talked about uh, two of these guys in Tannehill and Carr. Uh, so obviously our consensus aligned more with where uh, like I'm ranking car, but still higher than where consensus is or ADP is, is where people are fucking drafting him. You know what I'm trying to say? Damn it. Yeah. He's uh, cars ADP 26 QB 26. Right. So, and we've got him at 19. So there's a value for you. Matthew Stafford being this low, um, I think is cause he burned, burned us a little bit last year in that like, he wasn't consistent. He didn't have the best year, and now he's going to a new system. In my opinion, you have to be a little cautious. Carr, I think this is probably perfect, um, mainly yeah. because of the question marks past the next year or two. 
where he ends up, if he stays, if he thrives on the Raiders, hopefully he does. But there's a good chance he does it. The coach could be fired. His GM could be fired. He could be released or not re-signed. There's a lot of question marks there. Stafford, injury-prone tag now. Whether it's deserved or not, he has the tag in fantasy players' eyes. And the Rams have clear they, they're in a two to three year window to win a Super Bowl. Stafford's yeah. in a two to three year window as well. I know we only look at that for the most part for Dynasty, but I think deservedly so he, he falls down the packing order because of that. There's some young guys in some better situations, in my opinion. They're a little bit higher. Uh and judging by how the Rams have dra- drafted the last few years, this is deserved. Uh yeah. Jalen Hurts, sure. a lot of people have him a lot higher than this. There's major question marks with him. He could not. He might not be starting quarterback next year. Uh, I think that probably won't happen. But I'm just saying. Yeah, we we know how much I love Jalen Hurts. He was my like QB four uh, in his draft class. I had him ranked ahead of Herbert. I was dumb. I'm sorry. Um, but Jalen Hurts for fantasy is going to be a cheat code shout out to jeff if you're still in here jeff hashtag konami qb he's he's gonna run the fucking ball like he is i don't want i'm not gonna compare him to lamar jackson i don't know that he's as good of a thrower as lamar jackson and that's saying something but he's dynamic with the ball in his hands and they are gonna run rpos and they're gonna run screen games and he's gonna be productive in my opinion i think he's able to keep that job past this year too there's there's a very good chance. I, I would just yeah. say with those kind of question marks, with only a small sample size, that's why he stays this low. Rogers, a lot of question marks right now. Uh, he's on the field with the Packers. There's no question marks. He's finishing fifteen to five somewhere in there. I mean, let's be yeah. real. It's one. It's it. I can't narrow it down past then. <laughs> it's, yeah. He he. If it's a playoffs, he's finishing about fifty, but it's not so. He's doing okay. Baker yeah. Baker is going to finish here every he year or slightly higher. So this is fair. Tua, I don't know where else you could put him. He's got some running ability, so I think he deservedly should go above Baker. It's a more explosive offense, possibly, at least passing-wise. So I think that also is probably slightly ahead for us. Uh, but there's probably more question marks on him than there are for Baker. So for sure. But so my thing with differentiate differentiating those two, Tua needs to prove it. I think he will, uh, and I think he throws more often. So I can get behind this ranking. Baker is just going to be ultra efficient. I think Baker throws over thirty touchdowns this year. So I think he finishes higher than this. But there's also yeah. uncertainty about if he's with the Browns. I, I mean, technically, I think they're going to resign him. Um, and all signs point to that. Andrew Berry's backing him. But, I mean, some people still think that Baker isn't deserving of a, a big contract extension. So what well, happens when he leaves there? Does he deserve know? to be a top three paid quarterback? No. But no. Top does 10, he, has he earned the right opinion. to be the, the Browns quarterback of the future in the next decade? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, in my opinion. To a, yeah, same. Tua is going to do the same thing this year, though. Uh, people agree. are writing off Tua for no reason. Two is going to be very good, in my opinion. It, so, they, if they would have stayed at three, this would be a worry. Yeah, because they could have easily taken Fields or Lance, and this would yeah. have been chaos. But they didn't. <laughs> they put all the faith in Tua. They gave him another fucking weapon. 
I wish they actually helped the offensive line better, but you know, here we are. Um, they didn't help Two the running back. They didn't help long too. Well, they Sorry. brought in tight ends. <laughs> they didn't help the running back position, but I like somewhat of what they have in the running back uh, game already. But it also means that two is probably going to throw more, so he should be a little higher. Yeah. And Tannehill always criminally undervalued. Most of the time, QB one. Dynasty reasons, though, a couple of rookies beat him out here. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and with good reason. So let's get right into it. Uh, R twelve through seven. Trey Lance at 12, Joe Burrow at 11, Justin Fields at 10, Trevor Lawrence at 9. I do not condone this ranking. I I, I oppose. Uh, 8, Deshaun Watson. 7, Russell Wilson. My first note from this, if Deshaun Watson isn't uh, an air humper, then he's going to be ranked higher than this for me, even though that offense yeah, he's sucks. Top, he's top 5 if we know he plays. <laughs> exactly. But we don't. There's a lot of uncertainty. I did see that his... Uh, uh deposition or whatever the fuck he's gonna have to do is after the season so he should play in 2021 this is about where i would expect him to finish this year but overall deshaun watson is a good asset as long as he's not an ass um now going back to trey lance at 12 some people think that's a little too rich uh some people have him ranked ahead of justin fields though so i I, think we're a little different there situationally i would rank lance over Fields. I yeah, trust the 49ers I, organization way more than I do the Bears. That's it's fair, but and, and long term talent wise, Lance has the edge too. Like surrounding talent, supporting cast. Sorry. Uh we yeah. both have Fields ranked higher as uh actual quarterback prospect, but that doesn't yeah. matter. I had Lance ranked ahead of Fields in our dynasty rankings. Yeah, yeah. I Weird. would, I would take yeah. Lawrence, Lawrence Lance, Najee, Pittsfield as my dynasty rookie top five. Super flex. Crazy. Crazy I'm just telling you, if he, <laughs> if he's in the same for an offense and running, good God. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't hate it. And I've said before, I just said on a guest appearance, Trey Lance might have the highest ceiling out of all of the quarterbacks in this draft class. Outside of, of course, uh, Kyle Trask. Uh, just kidding. Uh, 11, Joe Burrow. Um, I don't have a ton to say about this. I I think this is rich for Joe Burrow. I, I have, have him somewhere around like 15 to 16. I have him at 8. Uh, I love Joe Burrow's talent. I think he's an immediate player. Obviously, the line didn't get much better. So And the injury, I think it's deservedly that consensus-wise he ranked here. I think I would put him just ahead of Fields. Uh, for the fact that we know it's his team right now. It should be Fields' team in Chicago, but we'll see how it goes. And I don't trust the development there. Burrow, I trust the development. They're putting all the talent around him. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think I'm to the point where I trust Matt Nagy more than I trust Zach Taylor, though. Uh, and so that's where it's kind of like a Cliff Kingsbury situation where I think Taylor needs to fucking prove it this year. Um, but well, there's a, good chance, there's a good chance both those guys are fired. It's true. Yeah. And hey, the race for Joe Brady, I think he'd probably go to Cincinnati though to play with Burrow or to coach yeah, Burrow. But Burrow and Chase, yeah. Yeah, that'd be fucked. Um, all right. And then Justin Fields right behind Trevor Lawrence. Again, you guys know that I rank Justin Fields ahead of Trevor Lawrence, but it 
every consensus list you'll ever look at will have Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall draft pick, ahead of Justin Fields. And I I don't hate it. I understand hey, it. Uh, you you were actually the highest on Trevor Lawrence uh, for us here in the rankings. This is and I will say, I will say Adam actually ranked Fields ahead of Lawrence. Uh, uh, Fields is rankings. You gave him seventh. I gave him 15th. And Adam gave him ninth. Lawrence, it was 9, 11, 11. Oh, I forget. Um, So it was what? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's very, it's very, very fucking close. Uh, Lawrence is going to be given every chance to be yeah. the the god people think he is. Yeah, and then I last note Russell Wilson outside of our top six uh, age. Yeah, age. yeah, that's he's pretty, thirty. I have he's thirty-two. At, yeah, I have him at eight. So, all right, let's get into <laughs> I our, our. I think our oldest top five is like twenty-four or something. Yeah, it's something like that. It, it makes sense, yeah. That's that's how you dynasty. Although, don't put a ton of stock into age. Again, Russell Wilson probably in the next two to three years, still very good. But we yeah. saw some of his flaws last year. So let's get into our top six, though. Uh, at six, Justin Herbert. Five, Lamar Jackson. Four, Kyler Murray. Three, Dak Prescott. Two, Josh Allen. One, Patrick Mahomes. Um, do you have – I'm pretty sure – do you have, have Herbert that high? I think you have him one down. Mine, mine goes uh, Mahomes, Allen, Prescott, Murray, Lamar, Wilson, Herbert. Yeah. Yeah, and then mine goes exactly like our consensus list uh, because so does Adams. So Well, you, um, you, have, you have fields ahead of Wilson, unfortunately. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. There's, there, for me, I still give the nod uh, for Wilson over Herbert. It's just yeah. That's just how I feel for the next two or three years, and then the top five has to be the top five, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, Lamar, I think deservedly so at the bottom, only because he hasn't made the improvements that we want. Yeah, we all he, we all know he's an absolute god with his legs. <laughs> he's the best running quarterback we've ever seen. But <laughs> no, yeah, he's probably. he's the best. I don't Vic, think, dude. Even, but Vic even says it's Lamar. <laughs> it's yeah, pr- Vic, just Vic, Vic I guess was a Vic's, Vic yeah, was a yeah. Uh, the the one discrepancy, and it's about the guy that you can see on your screen if you're watching us live, Dak Prescott. So the thing about Dak Prescott, uh, he was on pace for five thousand yards last year, yeah. six thousand yards, something That's absurd. Ridiculous. The the quarterback won. Yeah. He he was going to be the QB one, um, and so then he gets hurt, and we kind of forget how good Dak is every year, right? I don't know where he's being drafted. I don't know what his ADP is. Dak Prescott is a very very good fantasy asset. He still has weapons around him. He still has a very good offense um, in general with with Zeke and Tony Pollard back there. And shout out to Jacob who thinks Tony Pollard is better than Zeke. Um, that's craziness, but whatever, Jacob. Uh, but yeah, so I I love Dak. I try to get Dak everywhere. I have some shares of Dak, and I'm happy about it. Um, now ranking Dak over Kyler for me is it's right. Kyler definitely has rushing upside. 
Kyler also is very inconsistent as a passer, in my exactly. opinion. Dak has become consistent, and he can still he still runs, and I believe he will this year as well. So I looked at it quick for us. Uh, Mahomes is one in the one point seven. Kyler's two, two point nine. Josh Allen three, pick four. Lamar four, pick five. Trevor Lawrence five, pick eight. Herbert uh, six, eight point four. Dak is seventh at pick ten in Superflex startups. I I don't hate most of this. Trevor Lawrence is being overdrafted. Um, it's just true. yes, but then it, it follows the, the top 12 finishes Burrow, Wilson, Lance, Fields, Rogers for sleeper startup superflex. Yeah, see, I don't, I mean, Dak being that low, I that's kind of what I'm talking about. So now you can get a value that's, in Dak Prescott. I think um, is that a floor? I mean, let's, I mean, if he's I'm, healthy, yeah, I, I'm, I'm assuming they all play all their games. That's kind of yeah. what I'm going with here. And I think his floor is probably like seven or eight, and his ceiling is one. Uh, Mahomes does not have the stranglehold on QB1 that he once had. Josh Allen, rightfully so by a lot of people, is being touted as their dynasty QB1. Um, Kyler is as well by some people. I think Dak should be in that conversation. This top five is fucking ridiculous, (laughs) in my opinion. Uh, If you could land any of these top five, which it sounds like you need to pick uh, in the top 10 picks of your uh, (laughs) 12-team rookie draft or whatever to get one of these. But I I think if you get any of these top four for sure, I think you're locked in. I think Lamar is the same thing, but I definitely want to see some passing improvement, accuracy-wise at least. I, I thought it would happen last year. I was a champion for him. It didn't happen. I hope it does this year. And Besides that, you're you're getting a bargain at quarterback this year. Yeah, yeah, and and my thing with Lamar, I think he automatically gets better, uh, just because of the weapons that they've now surrounded him with. And so I, I know he still has the accuracy <laughs> issues, and and people argue tooth and nail that Lamar's an accurate passer because his completion percentage is higher than what you would expect. He is not accuracy is not placement. He is not a good. Uh, placer of the football, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's uh, what, what what the Hollywood Brown his his catch rate last year was like fifty one percent of his passes, uh, yeah. but of catchable balls, it's like eighty nine percent. Yeah, <laughs> it's something stupid like that. Like that's Lamar, and, and I was preaching it during the season. There was plenty of times where he just and he has an incredible arm. Like yeah. he he is a he has the cannon of Vic. If he just taps into that accuracy, Lamar will be the the best overall just pure athlete quarterback we've seen. Yeah. And it's I mean obviously it's close with Mahomes, who's obviously a great athlete, but Hollywood is viewed as a as a dumpster fire by a lot of people. Uh we just saw uh people loving his value. That's fucking facts. He is going to be incredible. Sure, he may end up being the wide receiver two for the team, but doesn't mean he can't kill it if Lamar can just fix some deep accuracy. Uh, Hollywood yeah. Brown would have been a wide receiver two last year, easy. Yeah, for sure. He would have had, he would have had six more touchdowns, <laughs> at least. 
Yeah. Um, okay, so our top 12 together, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, Trey Lance. A lot of young guys, a lot of proven uh, top performers. You know, I get killed for uh, not posting consensus takes all the time. These are as consensus as they come, other than Dak Prescott, baby. So stop stop yelling at me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it helps because it is a consensus list, and they, Randy and Adam evened me out. So um, Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> no, my my quarterback rings aren't that far off of this. But no. all right, that, that will do it uh, for this episode of The Cut. Uh, I am so glad to be back. I can't wait to talk through. I believe our running backs will be the next episode next week, it's and we will – are we starting our division? Yes, we haven't picked a division. We'll pick it during this week and figure it out. But it'll be running yeah. backs 50 to 1 and uh, one of the division breakdowns. So we're going yeah. to start that process, get it moving. I'm excited for next week, obviously. Busy, busy week. Busy week next week as well. Um, I'm going to hate Monday night. I will hate it <laughs> as I work like 6 to 3. 6 a.m. to 3, and then have to stay until 10.30 for this. But for the show, <laughs> I'm happy to do it. I will need to be drinking, <laughs> but that's fine. Yeah. yeah, I'll be drinking bangs, I'm sure. Um, that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I'm a psychopath. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so again, make sure you guys follow us at the Cut FFB. Uh, follow our YouTube, search the Cut FFB. We'll be the first video on there. Uh, don't forget to tune in live every Monday night at 1030. We go about an hour and 15. So, uh, you can join us at any time after 1030 and we'll probably still be live. This is new. It's exciting. We would love to interact with you guys. Thank you guys to, uh, everyone who dropped a comment and we were able to interact with you guys there. Uh, it's a, a good time. And if you guys are listening to the audio version of the podcast, hop on YouTube, hop on Twitter, hop in our Facebook group. If you want to join us for the live shows obviously this episode will be up uh as a podcast in the next hour or so so brandy yep. do you have anything to add before we bounce uh, excited to be back <laughs> yeah for hey, sure we're we're on pace for this because of work in this show this will be the busiest month of my life coming up uh but i i'm happy to continue to produce this content and hopefully continue to interact on Monday nights. And thank you, everyone, still listens Tuesday for the podcast. Obviously, not everyone can watch. They have to listen because they travel and it's easier at work, whatever. We love everyone that comes and supports any content either way. Uh, just yeah. happy to be back. Yeah, for sure. It's it's going to be an exciting summer full of tons and tons of fantasy and football and draft and all of the above. Uh, we are excited to be back on our normal schedule we will be and i don't know if we talked about this before but we will be one episode a week for a little while here uh and then as the season gets closer we'll ramp back up to two and then probably three because again we're psychopaths especially me yeah yeah for sure three three at least third season yeah uh also uh tune into my other podcast on tuesdays uh 9 30 the debbie royale it's fun. We talk more college football than we do NFL football. So you get my dumbass talking about all the kinds of football. Pretty soon I'll have a freaking CFL podcast. XFL. Let's do it, Randy. Uh, 
I, don't I didn't want to. say I didn't say no. <laughs> I know. Why didn't I say no? <laughs> oh man! All right, that'll do it uh, for us. Uh, for Randy Hall, I am Christian Williams. We will talk to you guys next Monday at ten thirty. Later.